Thank you, Steve, for that really encouraging word, and obviously thank you to your dad for writing it. And we're so blessed to have uh, a pastor and a pastor's family who is so solid for our church. They're always running around and doing stuff. Carlos was just making coffee, and now he's about to make music with the drums. Like, there's, there's always something happening, and so we are so thankful for Pastor Carlos and his family. Amen? So this is the month, I mean, hopefully there's 11 others, but, but this is the month that we kind of set aside nationally, really, to, to come together, to write them letters of support, to give some gifts, and just say, hey, we appreciate you uh, beyond just what we do with you day in and day out, but we want to take a special time and say thank you for the sacrifices, and thank you for everything that you guys do. And as we... Uh, as we close out those announcements, we're all going to rise as we enter into our time of, of singing our worship, of giving, um, giving our money for worship. And we have a few ways you can do tithes and offerings here. You can do it online. You can do it through the um, box at the back of the sanctuary or this box at the front. And um, you can always do it by mail. But we are so thankful for everybody who has been faithful in giving those tithes, for everybody whose heart has been open to give offerings. We just want to always give you those opportunities so that you can also contribute financially into the work that God is doing, but also feel that separation of knowing that God is in control with it. And as we bow our heads, as we go into our time of prayer, Father, we are so thankful that you have allowed us to come together today, that you have given breath in our lungs to sing, that you have put money in our wallets to give and that you have provided us opportunities to meet all together we thank you for our pastor we thank you for our board who supports this building and grounds and we just thank you that we can all come together here and hear your precious word that we can hear your words divinely inspired through human authors to to reach out across the boundaries of time we have a pastor who's going to come up and read those words to us, that he is going to put them into our hearts. And we just thank you that we have a church where that is possible, where that is frequent, and we thank you for everything that you have been doing in all of our lives. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. 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 Let's worship the Lord this morning with our tithe and offerings. With our voice, amen, this morning we're going to worship Jesus. Who's ready to worship the Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, yes, Lord. Sing that again. I'm trading my sorrows. I'm trading my shame. Here we go. I'm trading my sorrow. 
God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads as our brother, Pastor Pepe, prays and our sister follows. Amen. Señor, qué alegría, qué, qué grande, Señor, qué grande eres tú, maravilloso, Padre, gracias por tenernos esta vez nuevamente juntos con el, un solo corazón, Señor, para escuchar tu mensaje, eh, ese mensaje tan, tan bueno, tan, tan penetrante, Señor, que has puesto en el corazón de nuestro líder, de nuestro pastor, Señor, señor. Ruth, tomemos el ejemplo de Ruth, tomamos el ejemplo de Ruth, Señor, una mujer ordinaria, una mujer del pueblo, una mujer de otra cultura, de otra creencia, Señor, la has hecho una mujer extraordinaria. Gracias por hacernos recordarnos y, y saber que tú, Señor, cambias vidas. No importa cómo estemos, cómo esté nuestro corazón, nuestra vida, tú eres la promesa, la esperanza. En el nombre de Jesús oramos. Amén. Yes, Lord God, you are great. Give us that joy that you want us to have, Lord. We are so grateful to be here this morning where we can worship you, sing to you, honor you, give to you. And we thank you for being the God who always gives to us. And we thank you too, Lord God, for Pastor Carlos for the endeavors that he does week after week to deliver the message that you have on your heart for us to hear. We thank you for the servants of God. We thank you, Lord, that Pastor is such a servant of you. And we thank you for the messages that he's going to give this morning. We rejoice in God our Savior. The one who gives us great joy Hallelujah. and who is so faithful. Yes, God. Now, Lord, go before Pastor. Go yes. behind him. Come through him. And we honor him and we honor you because we love you so much. Thank you for this opportunity that we can listen to the word of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give him some praise this morning, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. second what our sister and brother said this morning Lord I thank you for the servant that you've shown to me my pastor and so I pray you bless my pastor this month pastor appreciation the servant that he is God and they say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree not only in uh, physical realm but spiritual realm Lord and I thank you Lord and I just pray and I thank you in Jesus name that you have produced people here 
who also are servants unto you, servants of the Lord, people who go out of their way to reach out to someone, to touch someone, to love someone. I thank you so very much. So, Father, I pray that you just go before me. May this, may this word touch, encourage lives today, mothers and fathers, spouses, single parents, children, and teenagers, Lord. Speak to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Great are you, Lord. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You may be seated this morning. Thank you, church. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate you guys. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we thank our sister Kristen this morning? Amen. She's so wonderful. I just thank you. Thank you. Amen. Um, I, am, I just want to say I, I felt bad last week and the week before my wife's. We've been getting cards and, and um, you know, and we, we, we don't open them up until the end of the month. We'll, we'll actually sit around as a family. We'll go in the living room and we'll open all the cards and um, we'll read them, and, and, uh, and the kids, of course, the kids love the gifts. Um, the kids are always excited, and so we, but my wife said, honey, we might want to just say thank you to those who, because again, we, the cards we have gotten, I'm not ungrateful. Let me just say, can I just say, my family on three, one, two, three, thank you. We want to say thank you to you, and for those who are watching online, uh, giving us uh, the, the, the gifts, uh, it's, it's much appreciated, so thank you so very much. Um, we've been on this uh, Ruth journey. Who's been enjoying the Ruth journey? Amen. I, I, you know, a powerful woman of God. It's an amazing thing to see when God uh, can move through a woman, kind of like some of you today. This morning, I saw some of you ladies, not going to point you out, but you've actually been sitting closer from last week. So I appreciate your, 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 uh, your exampleship of coming closer to the stage. It helps me out. And, and so I just want to say thank you. Last week was crazy. Uh, the power went out, and uh, it forced a lot of us, in a good way, to come closer. Can somebody say amen? amen? And I thought that was amazing. So thank you today. I noticed a few of you uh, came a little closer, so I appreciate that. Um, amen. Um, but you know what was crazy? I was thinking about um, uh, Elimelech and how he went to Moab. And I remember just in my spirit just being like, you know, this something don't feel right, that he went to this place called Moab. Yes, it was more comfortable. Yes, there was more security. Yes, there was more, com I mean, they, the, the job was better. Life was better. And to the human eyes, we'd say, uh, this is God. You know, what's crazy is I found out Moab is ancient, ancient Palestine. It's crazy. You do your research, and you, you and, and I just said the apple don't fall far from the tree. Palestine and Moab, these people, let's just say they don't want the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And this morning, as I look at Ruth and her life, and as we're introduced to a new character last week, his name was Boaz. Boaz is a picture of Christ in a way, as we look at the New Testament. Um, but as Boaz is in being introduced to us, we see a difference in Naomi's spirit. This lady who was, uh, what's that word? Um, not contentious, uh, con contain bitter, uh, con cantankerous. She was cantankerous, uh, uh, but I like the word bitter. She changed her name to bitter. I mean, that's... You know it's bad when, when, a, when a woman, his name is Naomi, such a beautiful name, and she says, don't call me that anymore, call me bitter. Yikes, okay. Um, but we see her attitude being changed. A woman who was once discouraged because of sin and, and, and leaving the will of God, now she's being healed because Boaz shows up on the scene and this is a beautiful thing, because how many of you know, no matter the mistakes you've made, okay, what's gone on in life, you've left, you've gone to Moab, and things have happened, people have died, you come back, Jesus is there to be your hope. Amen. Amen. Naomi begins to change how she treats people, how she talks, including Ruth. And we see the love that they have for each other. It's a beautiful thing, which is an amazing because they come from different backgrounds, different age groups. How do you know it's a beautiful thing when you can see a woman who's up in her age, mature, and a young woman getting along? You know, and, it's, and it's, it's done by the grace of God, the mercy of God, and they're getting along now. 
I want to go to the, chapter 2, verse 23, one more time. Let's put that up on the screen. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. So after this encounter with Boaz um, and Ruth, we see some time. Um, I honestly thought when I read this, I said, that's it. Boaz is going to take her. He's going to get on his knee. He's going to marry her. But we don't see that. There's nothing there. We see some time where time has gone. They're working the harvest and nothing has happened. Then we get to chapter 3, verse 1. Then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I seek security for you that it may be well with you? Verse 2. Now Boaz, whose young women were with you, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Verse 3. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. Can someone say, ooh la la, oh my goodness. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies and you shall go and uncover his feet and lie down and he will tell you what you should do. Verse five, and she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. What did Ruth say to her mother-in-law? All that you say to me, I will do. Naomi's desire for Ruth was actually her desire in chapter one. And what was that before she said, hey, you, you guys, we got to split up. She said, you need to go find rest. Go find a husband. Go find peace. So what her desire then was is her desire now. And this shows me a little, a little uh, revelation on relationship and what true relationship provides and what it should provide, and what it looks like in a home, a place, a home, a place of security. One of the biggest longings of a woman to the guys right now, can the guys say amen? amen. Oh, thank you, Bill, I appreciate that. Can the men say amen? amen? And even to the young men, can you say amen? amen. This is something you're going to learn, young men. One of the biggest uh, things for a woman um, is, is, to, is to find trust to find security in her life, to find a place of rest. Um, and um, and uh, sometimes money can't buy that. Um, and, and she'll be able to flourish in a home. She needs to have assurance that she won't be neglected or spiritually abused or emotionally abused or physically abused. Can somebody say amen? amen. We as men need to understand this. But this is not just for women. Even men need a place to come home and, and rest. Can men say amen? amen. You know, under the wings of God, you know, we come under. And so does she come under the wings of Boaz. She comes under his wings. Your relationship, both of you guys bringing your wings together, not weight, but wings. And this is the kind of rest that happens right here. This is what she wants for Ruth. But how does this work? It's when you yourself have the peace of God in you, you're able to bring it home and it just comes out. And if it's not in you, it's not going to be in your home. Can someone say amen? amen. Naomi wants this for Ruth. And I love this book um, because we can pull out tips for relationships. But more importantly, we can look at prophetic truths with the most important relationship that we'll ever have, and that's with Jesus Christ. Amen. But I like, to, I like to see how they didn't rush into anything. Um, Boaz is taking his time. Ruth is doing what she's doing. Um, and that's, that's very important because how many you know emotions can get to you? Butterflies can get to you. You ever hear the saying, uh, she's head over heels? Okay, but we're not seeing this here. Emotions are a gift, but we got to use our emotions God gave us with wisdom. Young man, in relationship, there are butterflies, and I'm sure there's a lot of butterflies going on right here, 
But one thing I notice is they're looking past the butterflies and Boaz, is, as, I, as I'm reading this, I'm going, you know, he's, he's, he's looking past all that. What's at the core of this woman? Is she going to be able to handle uh, adversity? Is she going to be able to handle trials and tribulations? What's at the core of this woman? And vice versa, Ruth also talking to Naomi and seeing really what's inside Boaz. Who is this man? Who is this woman? I, or are they just cute when they look at me a certain way? When they wink at me and I just get those little feelings. And So it's a beautiful thing to see Ruth and Boaz. But they, they look to themselves and they, they see, wait a second, what can we maybe be in the long run? It's a beautiful thing. Like Jesus Christ, in a way, we see something beautiful. And we know that Boaz is trusted. She says, you can go to Boaz and... We can also go to Jesus, and we will know that he will also not mishandle us, just like Boaz won't mishandle her. And so we look at chapter 4, Naomi assures Ruth that Boaz will have this under control. Verse 4 right here, let's read verse 4. Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, and you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down. And he will tell you what you should do. That's a beautiful thing. When I read this, Naomi's telling Ruth, and again, Boaz being kind of like Jesus, right? In a way, go in, uncover his feet, and he will tell you what you should do. How many of you know when you put your future in God's hands, he's, he, you can trust that he's going to take care of that? You could put your money in his hands, and you can trust that he's going to take care of that. You can put your life, you can put your heart in God's hands and you know he's going to be able to take care of that. And also, like the scripture says, he, he will tell you what you should do. When you give your life to God, God will always, he will also tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Just like Boaz. But there's a greater assurance, a greater trust we can have with Jesus more than Boaz. So ladies, married or unmarried, I wrote this down. You don't need to hold any part of your life. There's no need to, uh, to, to hold on to something in your life. You can abandon yourself. You can give it all to God and know and trust that he will take care of you. Faithfully. It's a beautiful thing. But it's sad because the gospel of the day is being preached that it's something you add to your life. It's just something you could put on your schedule. But I hear, and we here at Home Church preach, that it's the source of life. It is life. Life without God, there is no life. But instead we hear, you know, if, if you got nothing else to do, maybe come to church. You might get a good word. You might hear something positive. might uplift your spirit when you feel, in tr when you feel trouble. And I thought, trouble? What's trouble? Trouble in America? What's trouble? But yet, like Ruth right here, Ruth is saying, no, 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 I realize I need a redeemer. I'm in a desperate place. Who here is in a desperate place knowing Christ without you? I am nothing. I'm in a desperate spot. And especially when we tell people about Jesus, if we don't tell them that they're in need of a savior, if they don't know why, they're probably not going to want it. And that's why we need to tell them they are in a desperate place. Without Christ, we're all going to spend eternity without him in a place called hell. But Ruth here says, I want to come under the wings. I want to come under, tell me what to do, and I will do this. So Ruth in, receives three instructions. Somebody say three. Three instructions on how to approach Boaz. Verse three. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself. Put on your best garment and go down to the threshing floor. You know what Ruth could have done? I thought about this. You know what she could have said? Well, since this is the law, I'm just going to go in my work clothes. Naomi, why do I have to go and put on perfume and dress up and look nice? I swear, men are perverts. <laughs> Think about it. Why, why I got to do this? Why? She could have said, you know what? It's the law. I'm just going to go... I'm going to go tell my boss, I'm going to go talk to him and say, hey, uh, this, this redemption thing, 
uh, you're, me and you, can we talk about this right now? Uh, but no, Naomi says, Ruth, young lady, my, ch- my, dear, my dear daughter, I, you need to go take a shower. <laughs> Amen? Put on some perfume. Look, look good for the guy. Look presentable for him. That's encouraging to me. You know why? Because even super spiritual people need to take care of themselves. I'm going to say that again. Even super spiritual people need to take care of themselves. I know that's not profound. I know that's not words from uh, uh, above. But there, there's, a, there's a legalistic world out there. Trust me when I say this. That doesn't believe that. Matter of fact, when I just said that, they cringe at the fact that I say, but you need to take care of yourself. Presentable. So what does Ruth do? She goes and she puts some, some perfume on. I don't know what brand she had. I don't know if it was the, the Chanel or Prada. I don't know what she was. I don't know. But um, she goes, she, she puts this perfume on. She puts a new cloak on. Can the lady say, ooh, la, la. She's looking. Man, she's. And, and how many of you know there's nothing wrong with giving God your best? But also you can take it to the extreme where it's all about what it looked like on the outside instead of what your spiritual condition is on the inside. And then all we are is what Proverbs says, a gold ring on a pig. <laughs> Look it up. You've got to be careful. But don't believe appearance doesn't hold any value in a relationship. Ladies, your man appreciates you when you dress up for him, look nice. Amen. And the men said, <laughs> I like, yeah. He took it, he took it, instead of saying, he just said, yeah, I like that. Why is this? Um, because we appreciate that. But then Naomi says to Ruth, but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. Very profound. Men, can you testify that when you've not eaten breakfast on Sunday morning, maybe you stayed a little late, maybe at work, um, and you weren't able to even eat lunch, it's very difficult to have a serious conversation before becoming agitated over little things. Which sounds silly, but you ever hear the saying, I get hangry? Huh? Naomi has some wisdom. She's telling Ruth, don't go to him while he's hungry because he's going to work all day. He's going to be tired. Make sure he has a nice meal before he eats. And when he's done, then bring up this serious conversation. Then you can approach him and talk to him. I don't know why, but Naomi is starting to grow on me. At first, I was like, man, this I, I, I'm not digging Naomi. But all of a sudden, I'm going, Naomi got some wisdom. This woman got some wisdom. Now, I told you it's going to get a little spicy, but I have to be honest with you. I have to make sure I talk about these little simple practical things in life because you'd be surprised how many Christians, how many people in life lack practical wisdom. Trust me. You know, it's not just what you say that's important. It's when and how you say it. It's when and how you say it. I'll never forget, I was going to, um, the Lord put it on my heart. It was, I, was, I, was, I, I think I was 17, 18 years old. I'm, I'm, I want to ask my boss for a raise. And I was going to go that next, I was, we just got done with church Sunday, and I'm getting ready to go tell my boss Monday. But lo and behold, Mondays are really bad days. And, you know, the boss is irritated, he's frustrated, and it's, it's Monday. I'll never forget a wise person said, hey, you don't, might want to wait till Friday. Ask him Friday, and I did, and he gave me the rights. <laughs> you know, it's important, you know, wisdom. Um, book of Proverbs got a lot of these. It's a beautiful book to go into. Um, the timing on what you're saying, how you're saying it. Um, the five W's, I live by that. The where, what, how, when, why. Oh, there's an H in there, sorry. So the four, eight, four W's, one H. This is a rule that applies to everything in life. But I want to narrow it down to relationships. Somebody say relationship. The timing on how you approach someone to tell someone about your feelings. Um, it's important to know because um, your emotions uh, can, can lead you, um, uh, you know, it's okay to tell somebody. But sometimes there's people who wait too long. And they, they, don't, they don't even explore the possibility of maybe talking to that person that God's put on their heart. 
But the book of Ecclesiastes, matter of fact, Bible study leaders, just for, for next year, book of Ecclesiastes might be a good book to look into. Talks a lot of things about this. So what does Ruth do? She receives counsel from an, an, an older woman on how to do this right. So if you're here and you're looking for a spouse, if you're here and you're looking for someone to date, you're looking for someone to, maybe you're, maybe you're 12 years old and you say, you know, I, I want to get married one day. Um, it's important to, to, to go to the elders and to maybe ask them before you make a big decision. Like when I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, this is the, this is the woman I want to spend the rest of my life with. Can you pray for us? Can you, can you anoint us? Can you bless us? Can somebody say amen? amen. They say, hey, can we, I, I want counsel in this. You ever, you ever talk to a girl who's head over heels and you're like, hey, sister, uh, you might not want to do this. And it's, she ain't listening. There's, there's, there's wisdom when a young girl, listen to me, young ladies, when you can listen to a Naomi. But then Naomi gives her some instructions that's kind of strange. She says right here, verse 4, Then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies. And you shall go in, uncover his feet. Some people think Naomi, in this part right here, then some people think that she's trying to get Ruth to do something provocative, something sexual. But this is not the case. We just can keep reading right here. Verse 6, so she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of, of grain and she came softly, uncovered his feet and lay down. Verse eight. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself and there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. So again, this, is, this, is, this isn't anything provocative or sexual. And we know this, why? Because it, it literally says, he woke up and she was laying down by his feet. This is not a blurred way of saying something else. Something else was going on. She explains why she's there, and then we understand this is a symbolic act, what she did. She says, verse 9, spread your wings over your servant. I want to read that again. And she said, who, who are you? He said, who are you? So she, she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing. She's saying this right here. So Boaz has a long day at work. Think about it. He goes to work, and he's blessing people. He's has a good day, he goes home and he, he eats, he's satisfied, he feels good and he lays down under the stars and closes his eyes and he's just living life. And then he wakes up, he's startled and there's a, uh, a woman laying down by his feet. But God even uses this language in Ezekiel chapter 16 verse 8. It says right here, when I passed by you again, this is God talking, and looked upon you, indeed, your time was the time of, what's that word? Love. So I spread my wing over you and covered your nakedness. Yes, I swear an oath to you and entered into covenant with you, and you became mine, says the Lord. So God uses the same language with his people. Ruth is doing the same thing. She takes the physical garment and she says, will you cover me with covenant of marriage? Bring yourself to me. And then we have the answer from Boaz. Can somebody say, ooh la la, here we go. Oh wait, hold on. But, but hold on, before I go there, this is what's so beautiful. She's doing this in complete humility. You guys seeing that? I know some of the, the men are seeing. She's doing this in complete humility. She comes to the feet of the man. I know for some women are like, that's nasty. I ain't going to go near his feet. <laughs> and I don't blame you. This is this woman. I mean, she is, she comes to the feet of the man 
What a display of beauty that can only radiate from a woman like this. You know what Ruth could have done? And she could have been, she could have been very diplomatic about it. She could have been, Ruth could have said, you know what? I don't need to do that, Naomi. I'm just going to go over there. I'm going to tell Boaz, hey, Boaz, you're supposed to be my redeemer. What's going on? Why is it taking so long? Last chapter. Huh? Verse 23. This has been a long time now, Boaz. What's happening? If you don't hurry up, I'm about to kick your bow. Never mind. <laughs> Think about it. Boaz, what's going on? She could have twisted his arm. Come on, Boaz, you're going to be my redeemer. Let's go. I'm entitled to this. Right? You ever see those entitled people on uh, Facebook? They're just entitled to everything. She's entitled. She has every right. But no, she does it with a gentle, quiet, meek spirit. And if you have any doubts, look at verse 5 again. And she said to her, all that you say to me, I will do. To the ladies, this is more attractive than any cloak or perfume you could put on. A godly man will appreciate how you handle things. Even if you're in the right. Ruth has a right. It's hers. She has this right. Matter of fact, she has more options. We're going to see that later. But she comes with grace and humility and tenderness. And this stirs Boaz's heart. A true godly man will notice how you handle disagreements. Even your unsaved husband will notice. And that can lead him to Christ. It's easy for guys to look at a woman like Ruth and, 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 say, to, and say to themselves, man, you know, why is it my wife or girlfriend like Ruth? But let me remind you what kind of man drew this kind of woman. I got one amen from one lady, Amen. Verse 10, then, she, then he said, here's Boaz right here, here's Boaz. Then he said, and I'm not sure how he said this too, I'm not sure if he went, blessed are you, or if he said, blessed are you of the Lord. I don't know what Boaz sounded like, but then he said, blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning. Now that is powerful right there. That is so amazing. How many of you know when people want something from you in the beginning? You know, they're, they're nicer when you meet them, and then and towards the end, it's, it kind of wears off. Yet he's saying, you've shown more at the end than in the beginning. She's faithful. It's, it's a beautiful thing. In that you did not go after young men, whether poor or, what's that word? Rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request for all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. You know what sticks out to Boaz right here? You know what attracted Boaz to Ruth? Right here. It wasn't that, we, again, we don't see her appearance. We don't see what attracted Boaz to Ruth. He even says it right here. The town, and some translations say the men of the town, know that you are a virtuous woman. You want to impress a man of God? You want, you want God to bring somebody into this church someday where God, it's, your, it's your Boaz. And to see you and to say, you know what, man, the town, this town says this woman is an honorable woman. And Ruth, what attracted her to want Boaz? It was the will of God. She wanted the will of God in her life and maybe, maybe his muscles too, I don't know. But again, we don't see anything about her appearance. But her character was so rich, so rich that people of the town knew this woman is a worthy woman. A woman who's a Moabite, who came from a, a background of filth, and this woman is worthy. So while I'm reading this, I start thinking to myself, you know what, it's about to go down. He's going to pick Ruth up. He's going to be her, his, her knight in shining armor. He's going to say, 
to his family, hasta la viva, I got my baby. <laughs> but no, verse 12, verse 12, now it is true that I am a close relative, however, there is a relative closer than I. Can you imagine this moment? All of a sudden, there are butterflies and stars, and Ruth's thinking, this is it, and all of a sudden, it's like a car going 80 miles an hour, and then stops. Verse 13, stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform the duty of a close relative for you, good, let him do it. Oh, man. But if he does not want to perform the duty for you, then I will perform the duty for you. As the Lord lives, lie down until morning. You know what I see? I see a man who's a man for many reasons. I don't doubt he had affection, feelings for Ruth. But during this time, he knew there were other people closer to redeem her. But once he realizes Ruth wants him, I mean, think about this. He's, he's shocked. Wait a second. What? But you know what he's doing this man is laying his emotions, his feelings, his wants on the altar and says, if this is not God, I don't want it. That's beautiful. That's amazing. He's saying, if this is God, then let it be. It's going to happen. And if it's not, I'd rather God's will be done. I would rather God's will be done than my desires being satisfied, Ruth. When's the last time your, your spouse, your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend, you wanted to do something and they said, hold on, I, that sounds good, but why don't, we, why don't we wait and see? I would rather God's will be done than my desires being satisfied. Boaz is a man. This, this. Please hear me, brothers and sisters, as I get ready. To, please hear me. You want to grow in the kingdom of God? You want to grow in life? Never allow your emotions to get in the way of sacrifice. It's a hard thing to overcome. How do you do that? Make sure you're feeling your affections for Christ are greater and stronger than your affections for yourself. Make sure. How do you know that you can do that? It's simple. Make sure you love God more than yourself. Look at Abraham. Abraham was promised a, he was promised a son. Do you guys remember that? And his beautiful amazing, wonderful, beautiful wife who the Bible says she was beautiful in her 90s tells him what, right? And then he, he listens to her. And, but then God finally comes through because how many know God will always keep his promises even when we jack things up? Amen. God will always keep his promises. So God keeps his promise and then God says a few years later, hey, give him up. You know that son I promised you? It's time to give him up. Come on. Abraham grabs his son Isaac. He doesn't curse God. He doesn't argue with God. He doesn't say, you know what, I can't believe this. I can't believe we're doing this. I... No, he says, okay. But you know what's crazy is God actually says, I want you to go walk for three days. I want you to walk for three days. There's a lot of wisdom in that. God's saying, Abraham, because think about it. He could have told Abraham, go outside your tent and sacrifice your son. Just get it done. No, he says, I want you to walk for three days because I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Are you really going to want to sacrifice? And Abraham said, so right when Abraham gets ready to do it, all of a sudden God says, okay, I know you love me more than you love your son. 
Abraham loved God more than he loved his son. Could, could that be told about you? Do you love God more than you love your own kids? Do you love God more than you love your own spouse? Do you love God more than you love money? Do you love God more? And it's crazy when I thought about that, I'm going, you know what? It's an amazing thing because God so loved the world, he gave his only son. That means God loved us more than he loved his own son. Verse 14, so she lay at his feet until morning, and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also, he said, bring the shawl that is on you. Hold it. And when, he, and when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, he, she said, is that you, my daughter? Now, some translations say, who are you, my daughter? And so she knows who she is, but what she's really saying right here is, are you, are you, are you, uh, are you a, a Ruth or are you Miss Boaz? That's what she's saying right here. Then she told her all that the man had done for her. Verse 17, and she said, these six ephahs of barley he gave me for he said to me, do not go empty handed to your mother-in-law. What a man of character. This is a man of character right here. Then, uh, verse 18, then she said, sit still, my daughter, until you know how the matter will turn out, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the, uh, the matter this day. Naomi said, if he said it, we can trust his character. And I think this is an amazing thing. Boaz is an, a perfect example for the, for the young boys right here, for the young boys, for the Uriahs, and for the, for the Mateos, for the young boys. This man took initiative. He took action. He's a man of planning. He's, a, he, he's not just sitting there and waiting for somebody else to get it done. He's, he's, a, he's a man's man. He's, he's what a young man should be doing right now. Can somebody say amen? amen. He's taking initiative. He's taking action. And, he's, and, he's, and, he, and, and to the point to where another, another person says, if he says he's going to do it, he will do it. He's a man of his word. Boaz has the right to reject this woman. He has the right to reject this woman. He could have, he could have said, you know, I don't know. I don't, I, I'm living life. life he, had, he had every right to say no, but yet he embraces her and her past and what she has done and who she, everything about Ruth. He says, I embrace you as a picture of, of Jesus that I see that no matter what we've done in life, who we are, where we come from, he embraces us and takes us in. John chapter 6, verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me and the one who comes to me, I will by means not cast out. Let's bow our heads this morning. I had no idea I went this long. I've heard people say, I'm not sure if I could come to Christ because I'm not sure if he will accept me. And here's Jesus telling you, I will never cast you out. It means like Boaz, Christ will honor. He will honor your decision to respond to the gospel when we choose like Ruth to come under the wings. But unlike the story of Boaz, there's no other option. See, Boaz, there were other redeemers, there were other people, but Christ, there is no other option but Christ. Christ is the only one. And you know what's so amazing? You don't have to put on perfume and wear fancy clothes or a fancy cloak of righteousness to come to Jesus. That might work in your married or dating life, but that doesn't, that doesn't, that you don't need to do that with God. You could come just as you are, and he will, he will clothe you with his own righteousness. He will cover you with his own blood. It's a beautiful thing. And so if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor Carlos, I'm not right with God. Jesus is not living in my heart, and you want to receive him this morning. You want to pray the prayer of repentance, you raise your hand right now. I'm not, giving, I'm, not, I'm not going to waste any more time. You say, Pastor, that's me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. You raise your hand right now, all across this place. God sees that hand. Thanks for honest heart, young lady. Anyone else? God sees that hand. Anyone else? Hallelujah. While I was preparing this sermon, I thought to myself, we have future, we have future Boazes and Ruths here in this church. We have the spirit of Ruth in this church. Women who are meek, spirit, quiet, loving, fearless women of God. And we have Boaz's here too. It's an amazing thing. 
But you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm not right with God. He's not living in my heart. You want to receive him this morning. You just say, lift your hand right now, all across this place. I want to pray. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. We're going to pray right now in Jesus' name. We're going to ask God to come into our life and forgive us of our sin. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Repeat with me. And if you're watching online, I want you to do that right now. I want you to, I want you to, to wherever you're at, to stop what you're doing. And you say, you know what? I'm not going to do anything until I pray this prayer, the prayer of repentance. Bow your heads with me. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I am sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for my attitude. I'm sorry for my rebellion. I'm sorry for what I've done. I repent. I turn to you. I come under your wings. I submit my life to you. I do believe you died for me and you rose on the third day and you are coming back again. I give my life to you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You prayed that prayer, you meant it. Raise your hand. You prayed that prayer and you meant it. Raise your hand. Can we give God praise this morning? Amen. Amen. Well, I think I just broke the uh, Guinness World Book of Records, the longest sermon ever uh, in history, but it's okay. Uh, we're going to bow our heads right now. Brother Reuben, can I have you come down and pray us out of here with a blessing? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, church. So appreciate you this morning. Yes, I just ask that uh, the young men, the young women in here, they listen to this story and take it to heart because it's those that are just humble, modest, are the ones that truly, truly follow you. Yes, God. It's the ones that are boastful, just out there doing things that they know they shouldn't, that uh, yes. they always have that sad spot in their heart. I ask that all of us that are a little older, we always go around them, give yes. them the strength, give them yes. the wisdom that they need. Let them be bold enough to come ask us, yes. how can I do this? When should I do this? Lord, it's with your grace, your strength, that we as the older people have the power to do this for this young, this young uh, generation that's coming up behind us. Let them see you. Let them love you. Let them follow you. Father, it's in your son's precious blood. Amen. 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 Small.